Indigenous Rights Radio, because knowledge is power. Hello and welcome to the final episode of a series of five podcasts that aims to inform you all about the Second World Conference of Indigenous Women. This series is produced by Cultural Survival's Indigenous Rights Radio and is proudly brought to you by the International Indigenous Women's Forum, FEMI. The Second World Conference was indeed a milestone of the indigenous women's movement, where a global political declaration was adopted to influence the human rights agenda from a local to international level. The audience that was reached by the conference was indigenous women worldwide, as well as allies of indigenous peoples and stakeholders. In this podcast, we conclude this series with highlights from attendees present at the closing virtual meeting that was held on September 2nd, 2021. The executive director of FIMI welcomed all the attendees to the conference. Buenos dias, good morning, tardes, good afternoon, good noches. evening. I am Teresa Zepeta. We are in the last session of the Global Conference of Indigenous Women. With this, we will be closing. With this, we are concluding a stage, but the road continues. What can I tell you? If I were to summarize the Global Conference in one word, I would say movement. The conference has been this platform, this space, virtual space, albeit, but it has permitted us to find each other, to meet again, dialogue, and converse about good practices. Today, we are presenting our political declaration that we will approve and adopt today. It has been a long process to prepare it, but today it will be shared with you. Afterwards, with the foundation of our declaration, We will design our global agenda that will allow us to help these commitments to our different instances, but also our commitment to the movement as indigenous women. And as a movement, we will continue to meet and we will continue to do the work and decision making. And of course, we will do everything possible to bring back the knowledge that we learned and our reflections and proposals throughout the year and the next years as we stay in contact. That's how we have arrived at this moment, where we are now. Ikal Angelei, Goldman Environmental Prize winner in 2012 and part of the movement Friends of Lake Turkana in Kenya, Africa, spoke about women and their conservation efforts. Again, it's women at the front line, things that we are struggling for here. And you see this, the struggles across the world. You go to India, you go to Mexico, you go to different parts of this globe, you go to Chad you see the struggle for, you know, for a, li a life that just, you know, a decent life. It is not fighting against the project, but it is a fight for just to be able to live within our lands and territories, to be able to breathe, uh, you know, clean air, to be able to access water without somebody blocking the water. Because this fight, you know, this fight for survival, the burden, you know, is borne by the women because we started to see that the men would easily, yes, The struggle is for all of us as indigenous people, but the men could easily leave and go and get employed as low casual labor. But women had no choice. They had the families. We always have to stay behind and take care of our families. So the, the real struggle for securing land and, and, and territories for indigenous communities is left with the women. And as I've kept looking at this, the, the geographies are different, but the struggles are the same. And indigenous women are not only the victims of the, you know, the destruction of nature and of Mother Earth, 
they are also the front lines. They are on the front lines of fighting this. And so again, because we are we, we are living and working in an ecosystem that is patriarchal, it is capitalist and it is colonial. And so because we are trying to say, listen to us, we have our traditional knowledge on how development can happen, not with not not for us, but with us. Cortinilla de Acarabu, Umuriñeco, is the governor of the Tugukumaray Masa people in Bogotá, Colombia, and is a member of the District Council of Indigenous Women of Colombia. Cortinilla de Acarabu commented on overcoming sexism and discrimination. How are we going to make do in this reality, in this change, in this evolution of this universe, of this change of human beings? It depends on us. It depends on each human being, both men and women, to sensitize ourselves as people to respect, to teach our sons and daughters to value living beings, and that we must respect each other. As men and women, we are compatible beings in this universe. We complement each other to be able to carry the burdens of survival of life in this world, because it is up to us to stop discrimination. Women and children, as much as men, are victims. We have to respect people with differences. We are people. Women and men have grown and we must respect and value ourselves. Respect our own territory which is first the body, respect and take care of, consecrate and value this consciousness above all else to the children of our future generations. We are women who are leaving legacies, seeds that will grow. Joy Padwa, a Kasi woman from India who represents grassroots and indigenous rights organization in India, was also present at the conference, and she was asked about what the most significant achievement was for her that kept her on the path of defending and promoting the rights of indigenous women and girls. For me, what encourages me to continue the path of uh, defending the rights of indigenous women, youth and girls is my everyday experiences as an indigenous woman myself. I, I, you know, I live with indigenous communities. I belong to the Kasi tribe in Meghalaya, and just seeing and uh, learning about, or just hearing stories of everyday experiences of the indigenous peoples here, is what actually encourages me to continue on this path. Um, you know, we we come from a very we come from a matrilineal society, and women here are are in a way full of strength. No, we've, we have issues such as single motherhood, teenage pregnancies. I myself come from a family where I uh, was single-handedly raised by my, my, by my mother who raised uh, six children. And uh, with these kind of struggles, their hard work, the commitment to uh, bringing, uh, nurturing families, uh, building communities is actually what inspires me to, um, to continue in this journey. Um, having said that, um, As an organization, I represent an organization called Grassroot, which is an indigenous-based organization uh, in Meghalaya. As an organization, I feel uh, one of the significant uh, achievements that have encouraged us to uh, to continue on this path is uh, is an activity that we take great pride in, uh, which is uh, the Indigenous Youth Parliament, where we work with young girls and young uh, young boys as well to uh, to actually. Um, 
to educate them on uh, the rights of self determination on the un drip on uh, on various uh, advocacy tools and on uh, various indigenous rights and international mechanisms luis elizondo who is from the mission of mexico to the un and also the chair of the group of friends of indigenous peoples delivered a message of solidarity to all who attended the conference Mexico, together with allied countries, is working hard to promote sustainable development and raise the standards of human rights for indigenous girls, youth, and women. Indigenous girls and women constitute a basic pillar of their communities. They are holders, guardians, and transmitters of traditional knowledge and indigenous languages. They play a fundamental role in the preservation of the environment, in the development of their communities, and in response to common challenges such as the COVID-19 pandemic. Their contributions are fundamental to our societies. However, indigenous girls and women continue to face many challenges such as exclusion, marginalization, and poverty, multiple intersectional forms of discrimination and violence, and lack of equal access to justice or educational opportunities. The full and effective participation of indigenous women in the economy and in decision-making processes remains a pending issue. Meetings such as the Global Conference of Indigenous Women are of the utmost importance for the exchange of experiences, best practices, and innovative ideas to advance the rights of indigenous women and girls, and in this sense, the work of indigenous organizations has been key and we recognize their contributions. The rights of indigenous women and girls are human rights, and sustainable development will only be inclusive if it addresses the needs of indigenous women and girls and ensures their full participation. Friends, count on Mexico's efforts to advance the rights and development of indigenous women based on international instruments, particularly in the form of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples and the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Again, thank you very much and regards to all. Ms. Lucy Mulenki, the Vice President of FIMI, who is from the Maasai people of Kenya, briefed the audience on the political background of the declaration of the conference. Today, after a full month of sharing and discussing different topics in our second conference with the team together, for well-being and mother earth with this uh, with this theme we started the historic second world conference of indigenous women on 12 august 2021 after eight years of the world conference uh, of indigenous women that was held in lima peru in 2013. today we are witnessing the last day of the conference where we will be collectively uh, adapting the global political uh, declaration of indigenous women and already with the speakers that have already uh, spoke, some of our issues that we really emphasize already came out and have been uh, really reflected in the declaration. I would like to share some of the important part of the processes which holds immense value for this achievement. The preparation for the organizing this conference started in 2019, uh, which was led by the International Indigenous Women Forum, FEMI, in collaboration with regional networks of indigenous women Regional consultation meetings were held in Asia, Africa, and the Americas. These discussions helped 
to shape the ideas of the conference. In 2021, Networks of Indigenous Women in Asia, Asia Indigenous Women Network, in, uh, also in Asia, and last continental, the Mujeres Indígenas de la Americas, that is the ECMIA, Alliance de Mujeres Indígenas uh, de uh, Central America, uh, Mexico, and that is the AMICAM. In North America, uh, that's both in the Central America and in, uh, in uh, Latin America also. And then we had the, um, that included the, the Caribbean also, I don't want to leave them out. And then we had the African Indigenous Women Organization, IWO, in Africa. And of course, our sisters from the Sami Women's Forum from the Nordic countries in the Arctic. And the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Landers uh, uh, Women's Alliance, Netsiwa, in the Pacific region, they took lead in conducting preparatory meetings and consultation from their effective engagement and participation during the conference. The whole discussion also had come from the ground level, at the grassroots level, and it went up to this uh, regional organization, as, as I already mentioned them. They consulted quite widely uh, at all levels, which is very important. During the conference, uh, we had in interaction sessions and, and uh, working group sessions. The discussions and analysis from these interactions and working group session hugely contributed to the drafting in this global declaration. Also, the organizers made a conscious effort to ensure the effective engagement or participation of indigenous women with disability in the conference. And this was very, very important. The global political declaration of indigenous women uh, that we are going to adapt today has also followed a consultation and participatory process from the drafting of the finalization of this document. So it was really a, a very open process, a very inclusive and a very collective one. President of FIMI, Tarsila Rivera Sea, delivered the political message of the conference. We have to celebrate the common advances, our efforts of the last 40 years of indigenous women from the seven different regions of the world. While we must sacrifice affectionate embraces as our way of communicating, nevertheless today we take advantage of technology to make us feel that we are together, we are solid, we are fortified, and we leave with the same energy of many years ago when we started the journey with just a few sisters in the first conference. And later when we were 12 and then 100, now look, we are the world. From violence and expressions, from the collective to the individual, our territory needs health and our bodies deserve respect and love. Our lives, our journeys need opportunities, equal treatment, without discrimination and without racism, not only for us indigenous women, but for the world. How do we build alliances and solidarity to build peace, collective peace, peace in the individual, but also to make sure our governments and those who decide the policies can really include us and value what our sisters and brothers have said and the contributions of indigenous women contributions for solutions and the construction of more just and respectful societies. Maria Fernanda Espinosa from the Global Women Leaders Voices for Change and Inclusion was also at the conference and she spoke about how women are overcoming battles so that their rights can be recognized. From this World Conference and Political Declaration that I think will be making history, 
comes a complete political declaration that commits all of us, governments, civil society, academia, all of us feminist women of the planet. It is a clear path that should guide our efforts as indigenous and non-indigenous women to establish this new social contract that includes an intersectional, intergenerational, and gendered approach. Under this approach, we can build more inclusive, more just, multi-ethnic, multicultural societies in which indigenous women and girls can fully develop their potential, affirm and enhance their cultural richness, and enjoy their fundamental individual and collective rights. I want to say that I am convinced that after 30 years of accompanying indigenous struggles, I can say that the contributions of indigenous women are key. They are like a master key to build a new pact that repairs, that restores the relationship between human beings and our mother earth, and that gives us true reconciliation between humans and nature. Francisco Cali, the special reporter on the rights of indigenous peoples from the United Nations, also made an appearance at the conference and he spoke about some of the issues that are affecting indigenous women at present. Good morning, good evening to all indigenous women today at the culmination of the Second World Summit of Indigenous Women especially after having made a profound analysis of the impact of COVID-19 on Indigenous peoples, and especially on women. Greetings also to the colleague President of the Committee on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women, President Acosta. It is a pleasure to participate with you here. There is no doubt that the role of Indigenous women in these days has become quite clear. Not only are they responsible for maintaining, guarding, and replicating the scientific knowledge of indigenous peoples, but they have also been the ones who have maintained in one way or another the survival of indigenous peoples as such. Without indigenous women, this knowledge would not be possible, not only as a result of this second world meeting, but also so that the declaration can be carried out in reality. And let me share with you and offer you the company of this conference of indigenous women. Thank you so very much, Teresa, Thank you very much, sisters. Thank you, indigenous women of the world. Gladys Acosta, the chair of the Committee on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women, commented on how the conference has led to solid conclusions. As you know, I belong to the generation that considered 1995 a magical date. And I can tell you that since that moment, I have seen how this global movement of indigenous women has made their voices heard. And I am deeply happy that today we are together celebrating this meeting that has reached conclusions as certain as those that we are going to hear in the declaration. The atmosphere of this world conference has this ancestral wisdom that shows the intense work that has been delivered between the two global conferences since 2013 in Lima. And I am living testimony of the success of the political incidents of the leaders of indigenous women, because for example, our committee, the Committee of the UN has listened to your voices, and as you have indicated in this conference, it is in full development the general recommendation on the rights of indigenous women and girls that we hope to adopt with your collaboration by the end of 2022. We would like to offer the parties of this convention a set of recommendations to make effective the rights of indigenous women and girls, 
especially in the area of social commitment, as you have indicated, and access to justice. All of these rights, as we have said, are protected in our convention. And you have been consulted and will continue to be consulted in the strict collective process of elaboration during the next months until the adoption of 2022. It is therefore a commitment of our committee that I ratify today before you in this global conference that ends today, and again on behalf of all of my colleagues, men and women of the committee, I reiterate our congratulations and our accompaniment in your struggle. Thank you. Mililani Trask of the Pacific Indigenous Women's Network spoke about how women are working to find solutions for climate change. The Pacific Indigenous Women's Network in looking at and deliberating on the many issues that we're addressing in this conference and that will carry forward into the global agenda, once again, is placing the issues of climate change as a primary priority for us in our region. Climate change is something that impacts our lands, territories, and resources. And as we've addressed this problem in the Pacific, we see that there has been a reluctance a continuing reluctance on the part of the United Nations system and states themselves to look at climate change and to include uh, the impacts of militarization on our lands. Uh, the climate change debate uh, ignores the fact that militarism, military testing, military uses of our resources leaves a huge carbon footprint. Until this problem is addressed, I think that we won't be able to really have the impact we need to have when it comes to climate change. Uh, one example here is that the Pacific uh, is an area where we are greatly reliant on fisheries, on industries such as tourism, and climate change and its impact is having a devastation in these areas. But in order to address this, we also need to look at the traditional pursuits that will bring our territories and lands back into balance and that will also be founded upon human rights. So as we look at this, we see a relationship. Charlotte Bunch, founder and senior scholar of the Center for Women's Global Leadership, spoke about the intersectionality of women's collective and individual rights. It's a great pleasure and honor to be here with you. Um, I, I'm very excited about the declaration that you just read. I think it will be enormously important for women all over the world. Uh, and I want today to salute you um, for the achievement of this conference in spite of all the uh, COVID and climate crises that we have in the world. You've shown us again that indigenous women have the will and know the way to survive these crises and continue to lead us with vision. Uh, I want to say on behalf of the Center for Women's Global Leadership, but also many, many women in the global women's rights movement, that we have learned so much from indigenous women over the past two decades. In particular, I think you have taught us the intersectionality of collective and individual rights instead of seeing these in opposition, as well as a, a way of understanding ourselves as human beings with rights in relation to the rights and needs of Mother Earth from whom we live. So I thank you so much for these. And I think today in the world, 
we need your vision, your experience, your strategies more than ever. We, we face a world on the verge of crisis, as you describe in your own declaration, but also a world where many new forces are emerging with vision for change. And I think indigenous peoples and indigenous women in particular must be and are in the leadership of that voice and that world. It is a time when all of us who are progressive and envision and support women's rights and human rights must come together to collaborate, to build partnerships that build on the strengths of each of our knowledge and wisdom from the past and from the future. I think there are many women in the world today who will be looking to the indigenous women's leadership and to this declaration as a part of the new world that is coming, the new world that we all believe must replace the one of injustice and inequity, the one of exploitation and extraction that has been led by greed rather than by human rights uh, and a vision of collective wisdom and justice. So I would really like to say that you are very much in my heart and in my mind as I think about how do we build this world uh, and how do we get the recognition of the human rights of all in all our diversity that you and so many of us have worked for the last several decades. And I know we can do it. I've seen what we did um, in Vienna at the World Conference on Human Rights in Beijing. I've seen what women have done all over the world in individual local struggles. And if anyone can do it, women can do it. And indigenous women are one of our leaders today. So I salute you. I am so happy to work with you and to pleased to be here today. Um, and yes, we will do it. We must do it. The earth depends upon us. And thank you so much for what you've put uh, in this conference and the wisdom you've given to us. I will see you down the road, I am sure, as we continue this struggle. Thank you. Lastly, Lucy Mulenki ended the conference with a word of encouragement and thanks to all the partners who have supported the event. We are coming towards the end of our conference and I really want to take this opportunity to thank you all participants, to thank you all our allies, our friends and the people who came to join us in all these uh, four weeks that we've been working together. And especially to those who are our, our donors, our funders, thank you for your patience and thank you for taking this journey with us, being with us throughout the years and also during this time when we were planning this, it was not easy, as we mentioned it with uh, uh, Teresa and Tarsila in the opening uh, ceremony, saying how much really we appreciate the fact that we were given that opportunity to continue waiting and being able to uh, bring the, the conference as we have done today. We also want to thank our allies, especially the UN agencies that have really been great, the Office of the High Commission on Human Rights, we, UN Women and all of you, the UN Permanent Forum. The list is long and I want to apologize as I leave out anyone, but I don't want to leave anyone out, but to say thank you to all of you for the great work. Also to our partners who have been supporting us in different ways, uh, may it be in word, in funding or anything, that was really something that we really appreciate so much in what we have been able to do. One of the other things that we'd really like to, uh, to really say thank you is the support that we've had from uh, all the committees that were able to sit together 
before the conference, during the conference, and up to now. That was the last episode of a series of five podcasts on the Second World Conference of Indigenous Women. We say thank you to all the voices of all the women who have helped us to put this podcast together. We have come to the end of this episode, and we would like to thank all the partners that made this conference possible. The Oak Foundation, Wellspring Philanthropic Fund, Ford Foundation, Christensen Fund, Foundation for a Just Society, Channel Foundation, Mama Cash, Tamil Pais Trust, and MacArthur Foundation. Visit worldconferenceiw.org and for more on the rights of indigenous peoples, visit cs.org.